Congratulations, you made it to the Xville. You can relax, empty your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Rat, a.k.a. Ronald. Whatever, Chad. Also known. <laughs> you all call me a rat. You're chatting it up all the time. If you're brand new, welcome. I'm guessing you know what video we watched this week based, <laughs> based on that little bit, but this is an Escape for Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things Escape from Tarkov, EFT, and we hope that you'll get better at the game with us. So the first thing we're going to do tonight, let's get the hideout keeping things out of the way. First of all, we've had a tremendous amount of new people, especially people that are new to the game, come to the Discord. So I just wanted to say thanks for coming in Discord. The LFG is starting to fire up. We're hearing all these stories of where people are coming from, where people are listening. So thank you so much. If you're new to the community and you're listening, come in, introduce yourself, tag us, say hey. Uh, Lots of people in there. So thank you for that. Uh, The next thing I always want to say is the best way to support our show is sharing with a friend. The best thing you can do is share this with someone that plays the game. That helps us out the most. Second to that, if you leave us a five-star review on wherever you are listening to this podcast, that is amazing. We actually have a... I think we have 19 five-star reviews on iTunes already. Thank you so much to those of you that are doing that already. Appreciate you so much for that. We also put out the YouTube talk show version of the show at XP Media Now on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe there if you like to get it the fastest. That's the best way to get the content quick if you like watching on YouTube. But if you prefer the podcast, please, please, please give us those ratings there. And if you can't give us a five-star rating, please let us know why. We want to get better. We want to put out the best show we possibly can. So, Ronald, let the folks know where they can find you outside of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to also say thank you to everyone in the community. It's been awesome getting to know a bunch of you who who found us and love the show. We appreciate the feedback, and we're having a blast doing this. The best way to find me, send me a DM on Discord. That would probably be the best way to find me. We're checking Discord all day long. Find me there, or you can also follow me on Twitter, at Ronald Gaming, and I'm checking that as well. And as for me, you can find me on Twitch a couple days a week, or on Twitter, same handle on both. It's MTB Trigger, and you can also find me on the Winner Winner podcast if you are into PUBG. We've got a community and Discord over there, and that's the other place you can listen to some audio content if you need to fill your breaks or your drives into work. So... Tonight on the show, we wanted to talk about really a couple things. I wanted to talk about the queue times that we're seeing getting into games during prime time. We're obviously going to talk about the video that both uh, Ronald and I saw that we just can't help but laugh about the rat versus the chat as we come to call it. It's definitely got a different name than that, but that's what we lovingly call it. And then we wanted to talk about inventory management. It's the topic that comes up the most with new people coming to this game. It seems like anyone that's new or relatively new, inventory management and what to do surrounding that topic seems to be the number one thing that we talk about. I've had some amazing conversations just in the last few days about how to most effectively help people. So we want to dig into that and we have very different strategies on that. So we thought it would be a good thing to talk through. Before we jump into the main part of the show, how was your week in Tarkov, man? Man, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I've been enjoying uh, enjoying some Shoreline. Again, we'll get into when we talk about uh, different ways we play the game. I'm not really pushing for anything in particular. I'm just kind of playing my game the way that I want to play it. And so I'm having a great time. I've developed a couple of pretty effective ways to go in and out of Shoreline and make some good money. So I've been having a good time with that. And, uh, you know, dusted off some quests along the way, but... Uh, Yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. How about you? Awesome. Well, (laughs) I think last week I was feeling broke because I just hit level 30 and raised all of the various traders up to uh, level three, most of them, a couple of them level four, I think. But I am just shy of level 35 now, not feeling as broke. But I spent some time this week learning labs and subsequently leaving labs and (laughs) saving it for another week because it is very hard very fun, very fast. And I look forward to it, but it was brutal. 
Um, but I also spent a lot of time on Shoreline, and particularly because of some Peacekeeper quests that get started there. I finally unlocked his quest chain and need to get his rep up. So that takes you to Shoreline a lot. So I actually had a lot of fun this week grinding some Shoreline and also learning some loot runs on Reserve. So pretty effective week for me on Shoreline. I spent a lot of time there as well as Customs. I also had a lot of kill quests on Customs. So did a lot on Customs. Nice, nice. I did a couple quests on Customs this week as well. That's an interesting map to learn, including a fun run with you where... uh you know, I got shot in the face and you made it out okay. <laughs> As is tradition. It's the way of the chat and the rat. It is. It is. It's the, actually normally opposite though. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a little hot. So, and it was good. It was good. It was hot. Customs tends to be that way. You know, I think, I guess for me, I feel like customs is the map that has the most choke points that are filtered, if that makes sense. There's that main wall that leads to the gas station, the new gas station. And it's like, if you don't have that shortcut key, you are asking for the gas station encounter, right? And then you got the dorms and then you got the silos. And it's like, there's always a fight there. There's always something going on. And it seems like the other maps have a little more opportunity for flanking and moving around. But it just seems like the funnels on customs are very, very intentional for causing pain, (laughs) for causing people to fight. Do you experience that too? Yeah, I mean, there's really no... It's linear, right? It's a very linear map. You have to go from one side to the other and there's it's not very wide. So it kind of forces you to do that, which is fine. It's fun. You can play that any way you really want to. You can play aggressively. You can play kind of sneaky if you want to. Both ways work and are successful, so... Yeah, and it sort of plays into the first topic that I really wanted to bring up. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but longer queue times, the server wait, especially during peak hours. You know, I've had wait times anywhere from, you know, five to eight minutes to get into a map. And personally, like when it first started happening, I was thinking like, man, this is awful. But it really let me slow down a little bit and really figure out what I wanted to do in the game. So I got to the point where I would decide what I was going to do. I would drop into the queue and then I'd pull up like the wiki on my phone or on my other monitor and go figure out what exactly I needed to do. And if I needed a marker or a beacon or something to plant and I didn't have it, well, I had plenty of time to back out and go get it. But I could really like plan my route. I could look at the spawn points. I could look at the exfil locations and at least have some idea of where I was going to go and how I was going to go out. So have you experienced the longer queue times? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things that's interesting is, do you almost play, and this is a question for you, do you almost play more intentionally and less recklessly in the sense of like stuck W key versus, okay, instead of just taking this chance, because my next game is going to be like 10 minutes in the queue again. So I don't want to do that and kind of just waste this, you know, I don't know. It's really interesting because it kind of does force you to be more intentional, like you said, about what you're doing. I think it just makes the strategy get a little bit more, you know, into the actual gameplay. (laughs) And I think it makes the games more interesting to me because it's, I've gotten into some very interesting sniper battles in this past week on customs, I've noticed that the way that people play has changed a little bit. Maybe I've changed too. You know, we can get into that a little bit too, but I've noticed that people just aren't just like running in as much, I guess, at least with what I've been doing. So I'm just wondering, like, have you noticed maybe even subconsciously that the, the longer queue times make you play any differently or is that not a thing? Actually, I think it does. You know, I was looking at my task list, which seems insurmountable right now. Like, I think I counted and had like 26 tasks active. I had a ton of tasks active. And when I was playing in prime time, because we're actually recording this a day later, so I had a night to play that I wouldn't have normally played, I found myself saying, okay, I have four quests on interchange, five quests on customs and some quests on Shoreline that I really need to get done. And then I told myself, or I like had this conversation with myself, I'm like, well, which map do I want to be on longer? And the Shoreline, I think Shoreline's still 45 minutes, even after they've trimmed it down a little bit. And I guess I don't want to get into this quite yet, um, my next point on it. But I guess, yeah, it did. Because I was like, okay, which quest am I going to get done? Which map do I want to go on? And then I think the other like side effect of this was I didn't really want to leave the map. I wasn't rushing to an exfil. It was like I got my tasks done and I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to go check dorms. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get in a fight or I'm going to go check it out and see if I can loot another area and really maximize the profit in my bags, which is not something I would normally do. If the queue times are like instant, I'm going to run around 
and get done what I need to get done, get out, reset, and get back in. So yeah, I I think it has changed the way I played. That's kind of cool. I mean, I think it has, like, for example, I don't play the same way that you do. um, And we'll get into that in a little bit. But what I will say what it's done for me is where I would have normally been done with the map in that same way, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go and work a different part of the map. So like you say, go check dorms or whatever. Now we may approach it differently, but we're doing the same thing. We're just, our time is more valuable. So we're just taking that chance, right? Of getting killed. Right. But it's higher risk and higher reward. And, you know, sometimes you lose. That's just part of the deal. But sometimes you really come out, you know, quite a bit better. So I think there is probably space for all different kinds of players to be more intentional because of longer queue times. Well, and I think most interesting thing about it is, and and I think they've done a good job of shortening it as well. I kind of want to give props to Battlestate on this, that initially, before they started doing this, there was queue times there. I was waiting 15 or 20 minutes. And then in the last couple of days, I've only been waiting five to seven at the most. So I think this was a unique way to get people in more games faster. I think the unintended side of it is that the shortening of a map like customs, I think customs is like 35 minutes now. You really don't have time in some cases to get all of the quest items you need in the same raid. Like I went and did the golden Zibo quest, right? I say quest because it's just, I'm so used to World of Warcraft terminology. I can't get over it. But I went and got the golden Zibo out of the dorms and then you have to go plant that somewhere on the other side of the map. Like you take it from the north side all the way to the south side, at least on the map that I use, to the trailer park and you have to plant it there. And I remember looting it and I had like six minutes and my exfil was on the east side. I started this map on time and I had to clear out the dorms and it was like, man, it really forced the interaction on dorms to happen really fast. And then I was just so rushed to get out. And so I think the unintended consequence of the shortening of the map timer is that maps that have really hot areas or marked rooms, you know, like the center of the mall on interchange. I haven't played interchange a whole lot in the last week because I've been grinding some tasks, but I'm guessing that in the first few minutes of that map, that is probably extremely extremely hot because people are probably running in there and there's not that much time on the map so they do it and get out and so I think it's concentrating players into certain areas even more than it was before. The very first time legitimately that I've run out of time happened to me last week on customs. And I mean, I, I again, I'm usually I'm usually pretty cognizant of where I am and where I need to get to, and I kind of work my way through it. And I got into a firefight, and I just couldn't move from where I was. I had to make a choice, right? Like try to push the guy. It was like a four way firefight. It was great, but it was just like I was stuck where I was, and I ran out of time. I le- just legitimately ran out of time. And uh, you'd think like, oh man, that'd be super frustrating. I found it to be really interesting because the next time I played, or subsequent times I played, I'm much more intentional about where I end up in the map, given what I'm trying to do. And so I think, again, to me, it's all strategy. It's the strategy piece of it that I enjoy. So I just had to adjust my strategy so that time was less of something that I had to worry about. Uh, But like you say, when you have a quest that'll move you or a task, I say the same thing. I'm stuck in World of Warcraft land. But if you you have a, a task that sends you from one side of a map to the other, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in trouble. But I mean, generally, the X-Fills are crossing the map the long way anyways, for the most part, but you're generally killing and progressing, not backtracking. So I can definitely see how that would kind of be a challenge. And maybe they're doing that on purpose. Maybe they're trying to make it so that you have to play with other people to do some of these things now. You know, I mean, they, they could be going that direction with the game. To that point, I actually learned something fascinating about certain quests. So I I got this golden Zibbo, same quest, task. (laughs) And I got it. And then someone was like, hey, do you want to come play Interchange? Or, hey, I got to do a task on Interchange. Will you help me? I said, yeah, of course. Oh, wait, I just looted this thing and I need to go do the quest because I'll I'll lose it otherwise. Like if I go into a raid and die, I lose the, the item. Which if you do go into a raid and die, you lose the item and you have to go get it again. Well, I didn't pay attention to this, but if you go to your character screen in the main lobby and then you go to your task drop down you have an in raid and i think it's out raid inventory um i can't remember what exactly i can look i still have the game pulled up so if you're in your character screen and you go to tasks you have on the right side it says quest items and it says quest items in inventory and then in parentheses it says in raid and then below that it says quest item special stash off raid and what the person told me that i could do was move the golden zibbo from the in raid 
to the off raid. And that meant that I could go do whatever else I wanted. And then when I was ready to complete that quest, I could put that back in the in raid and go back into customs and finish it. So if you weren't aware of that, I found that really helpful because I didn't really want to go right back into customs because of how hard it was for me to get that lighter out. And then I didn't want to go right back in and lose it. Like mentally, I just wasn't ready to do that. I actually wanted to go do something else and that allowed me to do it. So really cool feature they put in there. And I believe it's only available to you from your main screen. Like you're not going to see that if you go look at tasks from the actual trader. You have to go through your character screen. So just a little tip there that I found really, really helpful. That's awesome. I did not know that. So this is a different like bag or slots or something. Yeah. It's like an extra stash basically. So, you know, if you loot an item and then the bottom right, like you're going to get a document thing for a task and you'll loot it and it'll say like sub task complete in the bottom right of your screen. Mm -hmm. It puts that item into this special in raid inventory that you don't even see. But if you exfil with that item and you didn't plant it or place it or whatever, it's still in that in raid slot. But if you die, that goes away and you have to go get it again. So yes, absolutely. It's a separate stash that you only have access to through that one screen. And you have to move it before you die? Yeah. So if if I went in and got that golden Zibbo and I X-filled, you can't move it while you're in the game, right? You're, if you're in a raid, you can't move it. Okay. But if you X-filled successfully and didn't finish the task, you could go to this screen move it down into that off-raid spot. Got it. And then you can go do whatever you want until you're ready to go finish that task again. But you can't finish the task if it's not in your inventory. Okay, I understand what you're saying. So this is this is for you went through dorms, you found it, you've got five minutes left, you have to go exfil at the um, the checkpoint or whatever, which is the opposite direction of the trailer park. Yep, you got it. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. It, it was amazing. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I don't want to go right back. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I really hope that helps people because that definitely helped me. That's cool. Yeah, I found it super, super effective. Like I, I was actually relieved when I didn't have to go complete this task just so I could play with this other person or I didn't have to say, hey, I really have to go do this on customs. Will you come with me? Because they were getting geared up to do something else. So it, it's just a really nice feature that Battlestate put in the game. I don't know when they added it, but it's amazing. That's awesome. So this next conversation, I, I want to preface it here because we had a conversation before the show and we're going to be kind of vulnerable on this a little bit. So we're not taking shots. We're, we're not shooting at each other. We actually like playing this game with each other. It's why we started doing this, obviously. We were having this conversation before the show and Ronald says to me, he's like, man, I don't know if my play style is popular or I don't know if people would like my play style. And I started laughing, which in the moment I realized that was the wrong thing to do, right? And I said, dude, I don't I don't think you get it, man. Like I'm the Chad, like I want to go fight. I want to grind. I want to go PvP. And your play style is like the rat. Again, in the moment, out of context, not the right thing to say. But I was like, dude, I have a video that you need to go watch before we record because I want to talk about it. So I, we're going to have the link in the show notes and maybe you've seen it, but the video is called The Two Types of Tarkov Players. And it's basically a video where the YouTube creator named General Sam, and again, we'll have all the links for him. It's a great video. Watch the words at work if you're going to watch it at work. Probably don't want to have it on speaker. But it's a quote-unquote rat who would be kind of a slow, methodical, looter, focused on survival player. And a Chad, quote-unquote, who is a, I'm going to go fight anyone and everyone regardless of what's going on. I want to kill them and try to win and get out. And they each take turns playing and leading five raids. And it's honestly hysterical because... <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like Ronald and I, man. And I was laughing because I was like, you probably haven't even noticed this dude that people are in the discord talking about how they rat, they were being a rat and looting some tent and someone ran by and they killed him. And we're watching this video together and we're just laughing, man, because I, I play somewhere in between a rat and a Chad, if I'm being honest, I'm not good enough at this game to play full on Chad, but I'll get there and I will do it. <laughs> I promise you, I will play this game like I play PUBG. But I wanted to bring this up. And I, I want to turn it to Ronald because 
I, I think there's more than just you. I think there's a lot of people out there who are probably like, I don't know if I'm playing this game right. And there's a lot of people out there that may say, you should do this. You No, no, you should do this. You should organize it this way. You should approach it this way. And I'm a really firm believer and you should play this game how you want to play it and how you enjoy it. But I honestly think that it's probably a pretty equal split in both camps of how people play this game. So like when you saw this video, man, like what did you think when you first started watching it when I said you got to check this video out after me like laughing at your <laughs> your comment? I think to start off with, it is interesting when you're not an aggressive FPS player to play with a bunch of people who are aggressive FPS players. We're having this conversation around the idea that neither one is good or bad. They're just different. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it's easier for aggressive FPS players to play with anybody because they just do whatever they're going to do. And then everyone else is expected to follow them or they made a mistake. That's one of the things actually that I specifically like about Tarkov is that generally speaking, the community is not very much like that. It probably would have turned me off quite a bit in the beginning because I'm old enough where I just don't need that anymore. But to get back to like specifically the different play styles, I am a more strategic, methodical type player. It's how I enjoy playing it. And I was a Chad when I was before, I mean, years ago, I was a Chad in Half-Life and I have done all of that. I've done my aggressive, climb it all up. It doesn't mean that I'm bad because I, I play slower. And I think that's the general idea is, or at least the perception is for people who play slower is like, okay, I'm going to be quiet because people think that I'm a noob or I'm, or I'm not good enough to play fast. And that's not the case with me. And I'm assuming that's not the case with a lot of different people. I think that Tarkov allows both styles of gameplay to play together. And I think that that is a really cool thing. Now, when we were joking before the show started, it was a pretty honest converse, you know, honest comment for me in the sense of, you know, we've got this community that's building, which is awesome. I just had an honest question for you about your opinion of, okay, does anybody care about the way that I play? I know people care about the way that you play because it's fun to watch and I enjoy watching it. But does anybody care about the more methodical, strategic, whatever you want to call it? Just not the stuck W key, right? I guess people do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I, I'm still going to play the game the way that I want to play it. I think one of the big things that is different is, for example, pushing levels, right? Pushing tasks and pushing levels to unlock a trader or push your hideout or do this and that. And if that's your thing, that's great. I don't care about any of that right now. I've developed a way to have fun and play Shoreline and play Interchange. I have millions and millions of rubles and I can buy whatever I want. I can assemble whatever gun I want to for the most part and I can buy whatever armor I want to because I have plenty of money. And it's one of those things where the way that I play, my honest question to you was, well, I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to care about the way that I play. Like, I don't know if they're going to find it interesting because it's not, it's not streamer YouTube material. It's really just, I take my limited play time that I have and I have fun. Well, and, and that's kind of why I laughed, right? Because Tarkov, when I first started playing it, I typically approach any game, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, but I approach any game because I love PvP. I love going up head-to-head -head against another person and learning and figuring out how to win. And I want to win more than I lose. And so for me, the PvP the labs, the factory, the middle of interchange, the dorms, the resort on uh, Shoreline, those areas fascinate me, not only because they have chances for very high-end loot, but because that's where the people with the most gear and guns go. And to me, that's, that's important. That's what makes the game fun for me. But I'll go back to something you said is that you can play this game however you want. And when I started, I played this game how I wanted. I wanted to find PvP. I wanted to go fight people. And Tarkov said, no, Mike, you're going to die a lot playing that way because you don't know what you're doing. So I did die a lot. And then I had to go learn like, okay, how do I effectively scav run? How do I get the currency that I need to support the play style that I want? And what it led me to do was to quote unquote be a rat and loot and try to avoid any contact possible and get my scab survival rate so high that I could consistently make like 150,000 per interchange run so that I could buy whatever I wanted because I wanted to go in and PMC and push levels and, and grind out my hideout and all of that stuff. But it really made me appreciate both styles of the game. And now I kind of play somewhere in between. But you hit it on the head. 
what is fun? What do you have fun doing? Is it playing by yourself? Is it playing with one other person? Is it playing with four people, five people? I don't really care. My goal is to put the knowledge I have out there so that if somebody says, hey, man, that that task thing you said, so I don't have to go right back in, that's really helpful. That's awesome. That's what I'm passionate about. And if you happen to be someone that loves PvP and you want to get really good at the game, we'll probably get along. We can probably play together. And frankly, I'm a kind of an adaptive player, which is why Ronald and I play so well together, but it's like I can appreciate all the different styles. So yeah, I just I I love what you said there because it this game allows you to play how you want. And if you don't want to push levels, you just don't have to. So I don't know. I just thought that was a really good point you made. Yeah, you know, one one I think very important point, at least I want to make about kind of the the way that I play is that it's not about avoiding conflict. It's not that when you play like I play that you're afraid of conflict or you're trying to avoid it. It's about engaging on terms that you choose. Those are two different mindsets, right? The Tarkov is not a game to play if you're afraid of PvP. And I am in no way afraid of PvP. And I think that people who play the way that I play, the perception is that they're afraid of PvP. And that is not the case at all. I will shoot you in the face. So I think what it comes down to is it's not about avoiding conflict. It's about the terms of conflict and the terms of the fight are just different. And people want to engage in different ways. And so I I just don't want to lose that because I think that the perception is if you play slow, is you're scared. And that's just not the case. No. And you know what? It was actually this video. And I saw this video about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago even. And I remember when in the video, uh, General Sam asked the other guy, what's your survival rate on raids, right? And it was kind of this like unassuming question, but you sort of realize why he's asking. And that one kind of hit me. And it's the thing that made me focus on getting my survival rate up and playing a little bit slower or being willing to play slower or being able to adapt in back and forth between the two styles. And that's actually a really good point. Being a rat doesn't mean you're scared. However, you will be scared, especially when you start this game. There's going to be moments where you are like, I can't move. I don't want to move. I think I heard something. I'm not going anywhere. That's also okay. But to that point, There are engagements or ways to engage fights that you maximize your chance for survival. You know, and it's little things like, oh man, I see a guy over that hill. If I shoot here, I I may hit him in the head and kill him. But if I miss, he now has a wide open shot on me. It's things like not re-peaking and all of these different things you can do to maximize your win percent of a fight. But the truth is in this game you will end up fighting. If you're playing a PMC, you'll fight scavs and you will run into other PMCs in random weird spots or in very choke point related spots. It's going to happen, but it's okay to play however you want. If you want to full on sprint in there and make the other person react to you, great. If you want to take a little more strategic approach, clear it all out, go through or plan out your route really well, all of that works. And I think the fun part is there's times where we go back and forth on points where it's like, you'll say something and I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope, (laughs) wouldn't do it that way. (laughs) And I just kind of laugh and we don't ever get upset about it. It's just the truth. Like you can play with me. You can play my way. I can play your way. We actually have a good time doing that, but it's okay to play this however you want. If you don't care about your survival rate and you just want to run pistol runs on factory and shoot as many people in the face as you can till you die, go for it. This game allows you to do it. I say, I say that's great. Yeah, case in point, the other day we played on stream, we just alternated ways. We did your way, we did my way, we did your way, did my way, and that was great. That was awesome. I think it's really interesting. I'm sitting here thinking about this as we're talking, and I think people who play the rat way, the strategic way, whatever you want to call it, generally speaking, are quieter about it because it's not the popular way to play FPS games. It's okay. It's just it's just different. The one takeaway for all the chads out there, it's not that they're afraid to die, and they will shoot you in the face. And they will come over and uh, they'll have a good time taking your stuff. (laughs) Yes, they will. And they'll be methodical about it and maximize that profit, baby. (laughs) Yeah. But but in general in general, yeah, I, I really appreciate the conversation. And I think I think honestly it'd be great to have a conversation in Discord about this. We should try to figure out like if you're a rat or a chad and you should post in general chat. Be a proud rat or be a proud chad, you know, one way or the other. And I think it'd be it would be pretty fun. When you hear this part of the podcast Go into the Discord in general chat and just say, I am a rat or I am a Chad. 
own it proudly. If you're like me and you do some of both, let's talk about it. Like, I think it's just really fun. You know, go in general, own it. What do you play like? Like, we already have people posting the pictures of their loot and being like, man, I was I was sitting in this tent, I was being a rat, and I prevailed and went out with just all this thick gear, you know, two-kitted guns and all this. So, it's already a conversation. People are already having it. But again... Being methodical doesn't mean that you're not going to engage a fight. It also doesn't mean that you have to. I mean, if you want to play this game and try to avoid all conflict, you can. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe. And maybe, <laughs> maybe. But this game challenged my perception of what I would have termed as the camper because of my PUBG experience. And, and let me explain and, and then we'll, we'll move on. But in PUBG... You had a circle that was constantly moving people and forcing them into a smaller area to the point where you had a very small area and people had to kill each other to win. Like it was very rare for you to win a fight and not kill somebody. It did happen where they died to that blue zone that was moving. But commonly, you would run across somebody who was just sitting in a corner that was very out of place or wasn't really strategic. And in PUBG, they were playing scared or they were playing sound. And the reason that I believe it was looked down on or is looked down on is because unfortunately, that person has a very low percentage chance of winning the game. And everything's focused around kills and getting the chicken dinner being the last man standing. That's the point of the game. Now, again, in PUBG, you could play that game the same way, any way that you wanted to. If you found that fun, that's great. But that that mentality was challenged for me because when I would talk to people and they're like, yeah, I want to get better at the game, I would say, you really got to move around more. You can't sit in the corner and play sound like that because inevitably the blue circle was going to close and push you towards an area, which made it really easy to spot newer or less skilled players in that arcadey FPS sort of arena. Tarkov challenged me on that because there's nothing pushing you towards the exfil or changing choke points like in a battle royale game. So I was challenged on that personally because initially, yeah, I wanted to chat it out, man. I wanted to run in there with my, you know, two shredded chain vest and fully kitted out AKs just spraying people down. But that's not how this game works. And both styles can work, but there's nothing forcing anyone to do anything other than the timer. But you have a choice of when you execute related to the timer. So that's why, again, we've we've beat it to death. But the Battle Royale, and there's nothing similar in these games as far as that goes. So again, I, all I'm saying is I don't care which way you play but own it. And if you want to play a different way, there's tons of people in both camps. I promise you. Actually, I'm really excited to see what happens in Discord with this because my gut tells me that we're probably 50-50 split or I bet there's more rats than chats. That's actually my guess is that more people play like rats than they do chats. This is my honest gut. Well, whichever way it ends up breaking down, it would be really interesting if you're really... I'll say really bent one way or the other. Doesn't matter. You can probably find someone to play with who's the opposite of you. And you probably would learn something from each other. I think, you know, is the big thing. Um, the other thing too, for me personally, is I started off playing really, really, really slow. But now as I've gotten more confident, I'm channeling my inner trigger a little bit more. I've uh, I've been channeling my, my, my inner W key. And I've, uh, you know, I've been been sneaking around, but I'm not afraid to run into a building and shoot you in the face. You know, it's just kind of one of those things that, that happens with you get more confident in the systems and the gunplay and, you know, what you're doing and those kinds of things. But fundamentally, I still approach how I complete the map from just, okay, I need to get here, so I'm going to do this. And I really kind of have a plan in the back of my mind as soon as I hit that O key and find out where my, where my exfil is. So overall, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I don't think you should be ashamed either way, if you're a rat or a chad. Own it. Have fun. It's a video game. I agree. And regardless of which camp you're in, we do want to hear from you. Let us know which camp you're in. It doesn't matter whether what, how you play the game. Your inventory is going to come up. It's going to matter. And I think organizing your inventory or having a strategy based on how you like to play the game is really important. And I don't want to leave seasoned players out of this discussion because maybe there's something here that we'll talk about that could be helpful for you, or maybe we could motivate you to try a different way of organizing your stash. Because most people that I talk to, they kind of set their mind on how they want to do it, and then they don't deviate from that. And I've actually switched up my inventory and stash management a couple different times based on different things I've seen on stream or saw on a video. But I just wanted to talk about it because 
I think the number one thing or request that I've had, whether it was DMs or in the in the Discord, was somebody saying like, hey, can somebody help me out with my inventory? Like, I got the game a week ago or two weeks ago, and I've had some successful raids, and I just don't know what to do with all of this stuff. And it doesn't really matter what stage of the game you're in, but having a plan is so important for that. But furthermore, like, I get it. When I started this game, I was like, what are these yellow squares and why do they matter? I don't want to deal with them. Why do I have 20 of them? (laughs) So we get it. But I I just wanted to talk about our different strategies because I think both Ronald and I have different strategies and we're curious to hear about yours as well. But like when you're approaching your stash or your inventory, what's like your overall organization strategy and, and how you process loot and stuff? Well, I think the first big thing that happens and I took from one of the things that you told me and I really took it to heart was after a while, you get used to kind of the general flow of how much things sell for in the flea market. When I loot now, I really consider each square to be at least a 10K square or better. And it cuts down on the amount of crap that you end up in your stash with, because you can really just end up with just a complete pile of nothing. And yes, you made it to the exfil. Yes, your bags are full and you made 20K. And it was a total waste of time. And so I think after a while, this happens after a while. So you, you end up just looting things that, that are worth the spot in your bag, really. Think of each spot as like a, a prime piece of real estate in, in your bag while you're looting. But that happens after a little bit of time. In the beginning, the biggest thing I think is people don't know what's valuable and what's not. So really quick, though, you mentioned a critical thing there of knowing like right now in the middle of a wipe, what is worth more than 10,000 per square during a raid or scav raid or whatever. How did you go about learning the values of things? Like what what was important to you in, in discovering that? Yeah, that's a great question. And the simple answer is I didn't listen to everybody who gave me advice in the beginning. This is no disrespect to the people that are out there helping. We love you all. I'm very grateful for all the help you've given me. But I did one thing on my own rogue that totally has helped me greatly. And I didn't care about my hideout and I saved nothing. I sold everything. And I didn't sell everything to the traders. I sold everything on the flea market. And it was 100% about understanding the economy and what the worth is of everything, whether it's a book of matches for a thousand rubles or less, or whether it's a gas analyzer that I just sold for 35k today. You know, just stuff like that, right? Or a can of fuel that sells for 68k. So you got to understand, okay, this is where you learn the most critical part of Tarkov, which is really the economy. Because if you can make money, you can do whatever you want. I kind of was quiet about it as people were helping me and I would share on, you know, Discord streams or whatever. And people gave me all kinds of advice about trading or tearing things down and this, that and sell to this trader. I just said, thank you and didn't say a word and just did my own thing anyways. And so I made millions of rubles and I really started to understand the economy in its current state. Now, when the reset happens, it'll be totally different, but I have a real good feel for what the economy is now. So while I'm going in and looting, while I'm going in on a scav run or a PMC run, depending on what I'm doing, I'll take a big bag in with me now. And I know certain areas where things spawn and I just take out things that are worth it. So instead of exfilling with maybe like 50 or 60K worth of stuff, I'm routinely leaving with 350 to 500K every single run. To me, that was the biggest thing I did. Now that took time and it was very tedious. So again, my play style, good, bad, it's, it, it's not good or bad. It's just the way that I wanted to play the game. So I would say that's the biggest thing I did. Yeah. And I want to go back to something you said that just is going to take me down a rabbit hole. But you said that you were getting a lot of advice. And one of the best things you did was just, you know, say thank you. And um, I think it's fair to say that like, the reason we love this game, and we honestly sort of agreed to not talk about it anymore, because we talked about it on like every episode up until this point was that we love players teaching players. We love that. We love that about this game. And it's critical. But inevitably, people start sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing. And it's still great. But I, I wanted to throw that in there because I've changed the way I give advice. And there's all of these tools out there that, you know, if you go look up an item, gas analyzer is a hilarious one because there's a difference between 
turning in an item and turning in an item that's found in raid. And gas analyzer is one of the items in the beginning of the game that you have to turn in after finding it in raid. So oftentimes you'll hear people say, if you find a gas analyzer this early in the game, you put it in your stash, don't ask questions, just do it. And you as the new player are like, okay, I can I can handle that. And then you end up with like 17 gas analyzers and you didn't do any tasks yet, so you don't know why you're doing it. And the alternate side of that is you can go find like a chart that is every item that you need to find in raid for every task throughout the game. And that can also hamstring you because you start keeping things like little cans of Tashanka that you need 15 of for a task that take up 15 slots in your inventory that you don't need until halfway or like most of the way through therapist quests. So I bring it up because in the beginning, you just got to decide how you want to play. And I, I think if you're starting out, it's safe to sell anything and everything because here's the best part about Tarkov. Everything can be found in the game. You can learn where to go find it. It's okay to not sit on it. You're going to be able to find it again, I promise. Every kitted gun you get, you can kill a player and take it off of them later, or you can build it yourself. You just don't need to commit to anything super early. Yeah, and like any other game, when you show your friend, like you're, you're super excited, and you're probably super excited to show them the last big impactful thing that you learned. And so let's say you're level 35 in Tarkov and your friend just loaded it for the first time. That impactful thing you just learned, like you said, is not going to be super relevant for them. But one of the things that I really like about the Sherpa program with Tarkov and big shout out to our Sherpas in Xville community, Russell Eagle and Dadcaster, those guys are really great at giving tips that are level appropriate. And one of the things that I've learned from just getting advice from them is how to give advice. And so when I've had a couple people ask me, I always ask them, where are you at in the game and how do you like to play? Because my answer for the way that I would do it is a way to do it. But it's going to be way more impactful for you to help your friends get into Tarkov if you just try to figure out the way that they want to play. Because not everyone is going to want to play the same way, obviously. And we've covered that already at length. So I guess overall, the how you play the game really affects the advice that you give and that you receive. So yeah. Yeah, and that's honestly the best thing. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with a few very new players, like, you know, with it, like purchase the game within 48 hours and doing very little in the game and then asking for help because they, like, I literally sat down with a guy who had just completed like three successful scav runs and had filled their stash with just stuff, right? And they're like, help, I want to play the game, but I don't have any room to play the game. And so I did a Discord stream and I said, you know, I'm going to tell you to do a bunch of things. And what I need you to know is that you can go find all this stuff again. And I also need you to know that a week from now, you're going to learn something and say, well, MTB told me this a week ago. And you're going to realize then that I told you it to get you through the stage of the game you're in right now. And I'm not worried about you a week from now, because a week from now, you're going to be figuring more stuff out. And the guy's like, okay. <laughs> but I was like, we're going to go through and sell every barter item that you picked up except for the gas analyzer. I told him, don't you dare sell the gas analyzer. But everything else we sold, the propane tank, the motors, the ES lamps that, you know, oh, but you could have three ES lamps and trade that for a tri-zip once your ragman's level, you know, it, all of that stuff is important. And everything in this game has a purpose for the most part, like 99.5% of things in this game has a purpose for a trade, a task, a barter, like all these different things. But we went through and I said, okay, you have all these mags for guns that you don't have anymore. Sell the mags. Sell the ammo. Let's pick the guns out of your inventory. Put them at the bottom of your inventory, which again, you don't have to put them at the bottom if you don't want to. But I just gave simple tips like, hey, you have this gun. You have these mags for the gun. And you have this ammo that goes with the gun. Let's put all that together. And we made these nice clean rows of gun, mag, ammo. And then we sold off all the barter stuff. We went through and, and pulled up the useful armor and went through the armor that's not useful, like the class two helmets and, and stuff that don't really do anything or they block your hearing a whole lot. And I just said, you are going to discover stuff within like 10 in-game hours that contradicts half of what I just told you. Don't be mad at me. 
all I'm doing is helping you clean your inventory so that you can go keep learning how to play the game. That's my only goal for you right now. And then again, I got a message the next day that was just like, hey, thank you so much for your help. And I'm just waiting for a week from now when the person says, dude, you're wrong. <laughs> or dude, I, I learned this or whatever. But I think they'll hear this. And we've had a bunch of conversations over, over DMs that they know that my goal was just to get them moving in a direction. So you saying that you ask people how they play and where they're at in the game, I think that's the number one most important thing you can ask a player when you're trying to help them regardless regardless with what it is. Yeah, so we can give a couple of funny examples like so when I asked you a couple of weeks ago or maybe not a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a week ago, I was like, "Hey, okay, I've got a lot of guns." And you're like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> and it was whoa. And it's just like, "Okay, you know, I, I was ready to lose more loot, right? I mean, I was stacked and ready to roll. The thing was, I wasn't losing a lot. Just the, what I was doing, like what I was doing in game, I was making it out for the most part. And so so the, then it became, okay, I realized at that point, okay, I need to probably push myself more to do something where I'm going to die more, but I'm going to get better. And so that was, that, that was one interesting side point of that. But the point of the exercise was to really deal with ammo and deal with bullets and things like that. And I think the best way to learn on a basic level which clips go with which guns, which ammo goes with which guns, is to do exactly what you said, is to take the gun and line up the ammo right next to the gun. It's not very stash efficient in the beginning at all. You're going to be doing this at level 5. You're not going to be doing this at level 25. But at level 5, when you still are trying to figure out which ammo is which and which ammo is compatible with which gun, you need to have it right next to it because it's going to make so much more sense when you go into a PMC run, you die and you're like, okay, until I get my insurance back, if I get anything from insurance back, I need to have another setup, right? Well, I can quick grab this line because I've got my clips, I got some ammo and I've got a gun. And I think that makes a makes a huge difference in just being able to understand like what you have in, in the first place. Yeah, I, I'm just laughing here as I'm listening to you because every time I've done this, and this is right now, it's a theory that I'm pretty close to proving, I think. But I swear that everyone that starts this game within their first like 10 raids gets really lucky and kills a juiced PMC because every new player that has shown me their inventory always has that one gun. <laughs> The gun that is like, it's in the center of the inventory and everything's around it because they're like, that is the MP7 that I was sitting in the corner on Shoreline and he ran by me and I got him and I will never use this gun ever. <laughs> and it's really like everybody that, everybody has the gun. And I'm thinking back to when you asked me that like a week ago or however long it was and you were scrolling down and it was like, okay, Mosins, Mosins. Okay, there's some nice AKs there. And then boom, there's the big boy. There's the SVDS with the scope and the suppressor. <laughs> whole thing you know and i'm working with this guy last night and he's got this mp7 and it is kitted out it's got all the different colored you know hardware on it furniture is green it's got a flashlight it's got a scope it's got a huge mag on the bottom of it and he's like but what about that one <laughs> and i'm like you'll use it someday but you don't need to use it right now it's fine to just let that one sit it's like your trophy, right? It's like the first time that you kill somebody who actually has something really, really good, you don't even know it. But what you know is it's a lot different than all the Mosins and crappy shotguns you've been getting. And so you're like, oh, this looks cool. Right. Totally happens, but that's awesome. That's what makes it fun. It's having gear fear, which we talked about in the last episode, is what makes this game actually a lot of fun. One of the things that I think stash management comes down to as you progress as well is you start to naturally cycle through the stuff that you have because you have yeah. less gear fear. So you start using more of it. At least that's the way it's been for me. And I think that just kind of happens naturally. And then you start only keeping level four armor and you sell everything else. You don't, you know, you don't keep helms that cut off your hearing. You just naturally learn what things are and what they're not. And you kind of progress. I think we really like to help people, especially like day one. Like, what do I do with all of this mess day one? 
you know, if, if you're level 50, don't discount what you felt like when it was level one and you had no idea what was going on. I mean, if you're coming from Call of Duty or PUBG, you're going to log into Tarkov and you're going to be like, what in the world just happened? Because it is just, you're entering a totally different world. And so we like to focus on, on that player and a lot of what we do here, because if you can really get through that stage, this game is the most fun FPS I've ever played. But you have to get over this initial hump of logistics, I'm just going to call it. That's a great point, yeah. And I I think to, to wrap this up, because you said anything and everything that I would want to say, and, you know, Chad, Rat, we both love dealing with the logistics, and, and you get to a point where you actually appreciate when you have, like, 15 minutes to sort your inventory and, and clean it up so that the next time you log in, it's perfect. You know, it's ready for you. And it's things like setting up the guns the certain way and organizing it so your vests and your armors and your grenades and, and whatever else you're going to typically take into a PMC raid, you know, and then you'll get to a point where maybe you'll leave, you know, the top, you know, 10 or 8 to 10 rows open so that it's easy to take your scavs loot into your inventory to process and, and sell and keep what you want to keep. But I wanted to finish this up with just some kind of quick fire tips that may really help people, especially they're new to the game. And, and maybe, you know, you've been playing for a little bit and you didn't know certain things or maybe someone told it to you when they were doing the Tarkovian word vomit of trying to help you in the beginning. And you're like, oh, right. Somebody told me that when I first started playing and I was trying to figure out how to, you know, equip an item. <laughs> but a, a couple of the ones that I always let people know initially is... One of the only items that can stack and that typically takes up too much room in your inventory is ammo. So like oftentimes when you scav in and you have a shotgun in your vest, you'll have like four stacks of shotgun ammo of the shells. And oftentimes you can stack those into one bigger stack or maybe two. So from four to two. So if you're looking at an inventory that's full and you got ammo and you don't know what anything is, try to stack the, the ammo on each other. You may save a bunch of spots that way. Uh, the other one that I wanted to bring up right away, and I'm sure Ronald's got some too that he can jump in with and we may end up going back and forth. But the other one is having the ability to break down guns a little bit is really nice. And one of the most overwhelming things in this game when you're first starting out is how to mod a gun and all of the different parts that go on a gun. And I would say initially, don't worry so much about that. But the one thing I want you to know is that on like an AK, if you take the mag off and put it in your inventory and you take the pistol grip off, it will shrink the amount of inventory that that gun takes by half. And you'll end up saving two or three squares per gun. And then to make it usable again, you just drag the pistol grip back on drag the mag back on, and suddenly the gun's usable again. So I wanted to bring those up initially, at least to start the conversation, because you can save a tremendous amount of space in your inventory by breaking guns down. But I'll also say that if that makes you uncomfortable, put the full gun with the mag and the ammo next to it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking for little tiny tricks to help save you a couple squares here and there, those are a couple things that you can do. Yeah, those are good ones. The next one for hour one, right, is what we call bagception. So when you get bags, you can put bags inside of bags, inside of bags, inside of bags, really into infinity, as long as those bag squares match up. And that's going to be a huge space saver for you. And eventually you're going to realize that you're just not going to want the smaller bags. But in the beginning, you tend to keep everything because you're going to lose a lot when you're PMC running in the beginning. And that's okay. The game's set up for that. And that's really the way that it it's supposed to be. The other really, really big thing that... <laughs> Trigger's got nine, eight, nine bags. I just clicked in and checked. I have 35 Burkitts and Scav backpacks stacked inside of each other in my inventory right now. <laughs> and it only takes up one Burkitt worth of spot. So Exactly. So it, it is, that is a huge space saver, especially in the beginning when you may not have, you may be playing the free version or like the cheapest version of the game. So your stash size is not as big as when you get addicted and spend all the money on the big version of the game. So the, the other thing is the scav weapons. One of the, one of the things about 
the scav weapons that I think you may think like, okay, I guy came out with a scav weapon and it's a piece of junk. One of the interesting things about the weapons in Tarkov is that, and Mike has said this, weapons don't really kill people, ammo does. And so the big thing with this game is, <laughs> with the exception of the shotgun, because I still think shotguns are utterly worthless, except for quests. Unless a scav has one from 30 meters away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Black out both your legs in heartbeat. <laughs> so with the exception of the shotgun, I wouldn't go into a PMC raid with a shotgun on purpose. But you're going to get a lot of Mosins and you're going to get a lot of AK-74s and AKMs. Those are great guns and they're basically free from scav running. So there is a spreadsheet which is in the Xfield Discord that explains all the different ammo types. And there's two different stats on ammo. And this is a really big thing to help you understand how to be successful because you could have a great gun and crappy ammo and you're just going to die. You're going to be like, I shot the guy like in the face seven times and nothing happened. And that's true. You were shooting him with BBs. You got to go get some big boy ammo. And so there's armor penetration and damage, right? So you want to make sure that when you go on the flea market and you look for the caliber that you're looking for, the most expensive ammo is not what you want to buy because you're not going to be able to afford that. Unless you're a Chad. Unless you're... (laughs) (laughs) You're just not going to be able to buy that for a while. You really want to get with like the third best armor pen ammo that you can get. And that's going to be a reasonably priced... And Mosins are great guns in the early game because they're really effective from three, 400 meters. You don't really need a scope. You're going to get a lot of Mosins, Hunters, and ADARs, and those are great guns in the early game. I know this is kind of long-winded, but ammo is such a critical thing. And in the Xfield Discord, in the help section, we've got a spreadsheet that was put together by somebody, I'm not sure, but they did a great job laying out the ammo. And we're always available to help with that as well. You know, just DM, Trigger, or me, or whatever. We'll, we'll get you set up with, with whatever you need. And then the last thing is just really simple. Go on the Escape for Tarkov wiki. There's so much information there. You can look up any task and you can find the map. Never, ever start anything without having a map up in a browser on your second monitor or printed out or something, especially in the beginning because you just, it's kind of silly because you're not going to know where to go. So those are my, uh, those are my quick tips to get you through, you know, hour two. Yeah. And just to put a bow on this thing, right? Whenever we start talking inventory and you think about ammo, it's really easy to get into how helpful it is for killing people. The reason I think Ronald brought it up was if you start learning what the different ammo does and which ammo is quote unquote good, and there's two things that can be really good. Right, if you're shooting the legs, you want the highest damage available and penetration doesn't matter. If you're shooting the armor, the helmet, wherever else, you need the penetration to get through the armor. So there are two different types of ammo. There's some that are balanced with penetration and damage. There's some that have high penetration, lower damage, and there's some that have tons of damage and very low penetration. They're all good for different things. And the ammo that Eric's talking about here is good for a very different scenarios. It's, it's good all around. It's good all around ammo is what I'm trying to say. The reason that's important is you will end up with so many ammo types and mags full of ammo in the beginning of the game. And when you do scav runs and you start taking guns off of scavs and other players that you kill, that it can take up a tremendous amount of space. And oftentimes you'll never use that ammo Or if you did, you're actually putting yourself at a big disadvantage in this phase of the wipe, right? We're in the middle of a wipe. We're months into when it started. So most players have very good armor. So you kind of need to have better ammo to be successful there. Any ammo will work against scabs for the most part. But the point holds that you can save a lot of space getting rid of those, you know, the ammo types that are just not very useful when a lot of the better class ammo is readily available. And at this point, it's pretty inexpensive and reasonably priced. So really good point. I just wanted to circle back on that because I, I I knew where you were going, but it's so easy to just start talking about like, hey, this ammo kills people. Go get that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a little teaser for future episodes. Stay tuned because we'll talk about all kinds of interesting things specifically related to ammo and um, pistol runs and different ways to really get over that hump. You know, the first 20 hours you play the game, because I think if we can help people get through that, they're going to love this. And then we'll just have a lot of fun because we'll have a large and thriving community. That's the best thing you can do is help your friends get through the first 20 hours of Tarkov. So stay tuned for more of that because we've got plenty of ideas around this. So yeah, and you know we brought up a lot of stuff here, and again we we try to present things from at least two perspectives and be open to different ones. So if you agree or disagree, let us know. 
you know, come in the Discord, shoot us an email, uh, whatever it is, you can you can get in touch with us. All those links are always in the YouTube description or in the show notes. I mean, that's pretty much it, man. I didn't have anything else. I mean, we could, again, most of these topics we could talk for for hours and hours, and I could give you all of my inventory tips uh, <laughs> if you want to sit down for two hours. But uh, I- I'm pretty good, man. How are, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I think everyone should listen to all of your inventory tips and go watch the video <laughs> that you made because it's very good. Yeah, I got a couple of YouTube videos out there. Again, we'll, we've got links to all that stuff. If you need any of that, let us know. But remember that if you're watching the YouTube video, you can always find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and most other podcast sources under the XFIL podcast. That's E-X-F-I-L. And the YouTube page, if you're listening to the audio version, is youtube.com forward slash XP Media Now. This is an XP Media Network podcast. So that's where you can find all of our YouTube content. We've got World of Warcraft stuff up there. We did some PUBG content. And then we obviously have this talk show up there as well. And then you can always email us at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. I think that's a wrap, man. I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to go look at my inventory because now I'm nervous that I left it in uh, disarray. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you made it this far, thanks for listening and thanks for uh, checking us out. And uh, we look forward to catching you in Discord. And I think it's time for us to hit the X-Fill and go shoot some people in the face. We're out. Good luck out there. Scav often. We'll see you soon. See ya.